Hey, BSBOT, some number. So much has happened since Gregor and I have last spoke on the official flagship podcast of The Athletic for the New York Rangers, the Bushers Breakaway. Uh, Ron, I actually do have an important update. Okay, I have one too. You go first. Okay, as you may remember, uh-huh. on Monday, the B. I spoke. <laughs> I spoke about the B. Yes, I, I have. I have news. Saga continues. The B was found today. Dead or alive? I think he grew in size. No, he has been uh, dealt with. I think is the way Peter would prefer the, me to put that. Taken care of. Put outside. Return to the no, B. he's okay. Just he's, stop there. I'm trying to help, yeah, help myself. He, uh, <laughs> we, we sent him to a farm upstate, right? Put it a that beehive way. far, far away. I have news too, Greg. I've tested positive halfway through this podcast for sadness. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to wait. You need to wait until we get to the uh 88% of the way through the podcast before that becomes official. Yeah, we'll get to and then after the podcast, you have to re show up. And get me sick somehow. I think so. I think that's the way to go. And then uh, just force myself onto the podcast as I do every single week. Despite Emphatic- people saying. Emphatically force yourself back onto the podcast. You know, I think I relate to Justin Turner in a lot of ways. I did this podcast. I have a ginger beard. Okay. One, two. And uh, then uh, two, I did this podcast when I shouldn't have every single week when I had COVID. But I two. felt great and I got out there, you know, and I performed. I had to be there with my bud, Greg. Um, for a very long time, I had felt like the Mets just fucked that up so much. And they did. They're, they're, <laughs> the they really did. The Mets – well, because Justin Turner was a Met. It's the true. Mets non-tendered go. him before he was even arbitration eligible, which is how he signed with the Dodgers. And then, you know, the rest is literally history. Literally up to um, yesterday, yes. I just – I've, I've always been like, God, the Mets really fucked that situation up. And then yesterday happened. I'm like, God, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> there's, a part of me, there's a part of me that feels like Sandy Alderson is vindicated now. A little bit. I know he's not. I know, like, th- this one day doesn't change the six amazing years Turner has had since he's left New York. Right. But and in been- that moment, I was like, it is hard to imagine being a bigger piece of shit you know what i'm gonna go back and forth here a little bit um okay. i i think it's it's an interesting conversation because i thought about this a lot there's a lot i thought about today in sports big big Should we now hold on before we do this you were the one that said we needed to talk about the rangers i'm i'm for eight minutes i'm going back to hockey so stick okay. with me oh here we go we're, we're gonna go back and forth here a little bit of hockey a little bit of back if this isn't if if your teabag isn't hey ryan and greg talking baseball i don't know why you listen every single week but mostly no. uh this will be a world series slash sports theory podcast so there you go stick with us all right sports theory sports theory boys all right so a couple weeks ago on the podcast we answered a question about concussion protocols and i thought uh-huh. the way we answered it was efficient uh you need somebody that is the adult in the room that's just what it is. Like, hey, this guy's going to want to get out there with his guys no matter what. And in this case, not only was the adult in the room on the field handing the trophy directly to the Dodgers, like, the guy just won his childhood dream. Like, just happened. Like, he's wanted to win a World Series with his guys forever. He did. He's he's 
in his head, he's like, I have to be out there no matter what, even if he knows the dangers of COVID and he's like that. So he's going for it. But the adults in the room, the commissioner of the league is legitimately, Gregory, legitimately handing the trophy to the team on the field as he mumbles, sounds not so great, and the fans are booing him. Uh, the fans that are at the stadium for some reason are booing him. So shouldn't there be somebody that can handle this situation? And be like, apparently there were people that say, hey, Justin, you can't be on the field, man. You can't do it. But just like in the concussion protocol, there should be adults that say, hey, I don't care how much you want to be out there, and I know how much this means to you, but it's my job to make sure you don't get there. Or am I wrong in thinking that way? No, you're not. And there's, there are a lot of things that pissed me off. So many, so many different things pissed me off. Um, I honestly, Rob Manfred releasing the statement today Un- because he was too much... Flat out, too much of a coward, Ryan, to deal with it in the moment last night. Rob Manfred is the authority, right? Rob, If Rob Manfred tells you, get the hell off the field, you are required to get the hell off the field. This is the guy and, that did not suspend literal cheaters for cheating. Yes. Okay. Correct. He he is there. We know he's in the building. We, we know that it came from Major League Baseball to pull Justin Turner from that baseball game. We know all these things, and somehow Justin Turner is able to defy the wishes of Major League Baseball. At a certain point, Rob Manfred is Major League Baseball. He chose not to deal with this yesterday. So this, yes, it is 99.9% Justin Turner's fault. That man, I don't care. The families of your teammates are on the field. Some of those wives, I know at least one of them is actively pregnant. There are little children. Clayton's kids were on the field. Dave Roberts, at former point, cancer survivor. You need to be the man. Manager. To, yeah. Yeah. Your manager is a can I think Dave Roberts is a cancer survivor. So is Kenley Jansen, who also had already had COVID uh, earlier this year. Like, at some point, you also need to be responsible and be like, man, I wish I could be there with my teammates, but also I don't want to get them sick. Yeah, so this is the just, wor- this is the best slash worst moment of my life, right? But I have to be an adult. There will be a time you can celebrate. You should not be celebrating when you actively are sick. Okay, and so this a lot, a lot of, But Ryan, a lot of this, a lot of this is on Turner. But I'm putting it back on Manfred because if Manfred is in the building and he doesn't lay down the hammer on Justin Turner to keep him off the field. What is the point of Rob Manfred? Would this? I, I can't believe I'm about to. I know this. what we're going to do. Would that have shit happened with Gary Bettman? No way. And I was just about no. to talk about this. How how are we getting a test that's inconclusive back, right? And just letting the guy go? I can't. And I we don't know the behind the scenes, right? We don't have inside scoops. We don't know anything about the NHL bubble. But we know that there were no positive tests. They said that no positive tests for the entire time. Same thing with the M- NBA. Shout out to Sil- to Silver and shout outs to Bettman. And but these guys, it's it's my understanding, and maybe this reporting will come out later now because this Justin Turner thing happened. It's my understanding that they knew the test results before the games started, Gregory, before the people got on the ice, not during the game. How do you let the game go on when you're still waiting for a goddamn positive result or not? I don't care if the guy was isolated for the whole time. It could be a false positive. All this could be, you know, nothing. It could, it could be true. It could be a false positive for Justin Turner, a person who had already had it. That's totally probable. But you cannot, 
You can't. You can't let the game happen and then in the middle of it be like, oh, he went out there and nothing. Because the way I'm thinking about this, Craig, if the game stops, let's say the game's over, right? And the post-game celebration happens. Corey Seager gets the MVP. Everyone, I'm miserable by myself, etc. Um, and the game ends. And then the next day we find out the next morning Justin Turner tests for positive. It's not the same reaction we have now. It just isn't. But because it happened during the game, it escalates everything. And I don't know how you could be like, okay, hey, you have to leave the field at the sixth inning. And he should have. He should have never been in the game in the first place. But to, to do that, to start the game without – how do you go? How are you commissioner of a league and be like, okay, pod, no positive test, just run it. We can't afford to do this another week. That's totally fine. I don't know. I, 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 there's no good answer. Imagine the scenario – imagine the clusterfuck that we'd be living in. All this happens and the Rays won last night. There's no way a game seven would be played tonight. No when chance. would game seven be played? I don't it would know. It'd be like two weeks until game seven. It would have to be. There'd be no choice. And it, I, it would be it would be quite quite literally, Ryan, a catastrophe. Which like, is I, I understand we're talking about something that is just not important. In the in the macro, baseball, whatever. Who cares? It's a sport, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. Health, lives, all that shit actually important. Yeah, there's a lot going on. If a game on right seven now. gets played, yeah. If a game seven gets played two weeks later, not a big deal. Who really gives a shit? That's not the point. At the same time, a catastrophe if the Rays had won that game last night and Justin Turner popped a positive test in the middle of the game. I can't, the middle of the you, game. Can you imagine? Let's just say this. Because Justin Turner is pretty much... Would you? Who is the Ranger equivalent? Chris Kreider? I think Chris Kreider is a good one. Let's say Chris... I don't know. Well, the way they talk... They talk about Justin Turner like the Rangers have talked about Henrik Lundqvist. Okay. But I, I, I'm going to have Lundqvist be Clayton Kershaw. We'll talk about that later. But I'm going to do Chris Kreider for this example. Chris Kreider, at the end of, in the middle of the second period, gets taken out of the game, undisclosed injury, and then we find out later that it was reported that he tested positive in the middle of a game. What is that podcast like for us? I can't even imagine. It's I, a nightmare. I, it's a nightmare. I, I, because if, how do you defend? We're, you we're, defend. Char- we're Charlie with the strings on a board. <laughs> How do you know? I, these guys had to know that they were testing negative or positive before. Like, Also, uh, and I'm not a coronavirus expert. I'm not. I had it. It sucked. I hope everyone stays safe out there. It, it's not a fun experience. But isn't, the, isn't there rapid testing for these million-dollar, billion-dollar organizations? How are they waiting a day and a half for a second test? How is this like, oh, we got now we have to do the emergency test again? How are you just not ch- testing Justin Turner over and over again until you get conclusive evidence? What, this is what I'm so confused about. I feel like the NHL would do that, and the NHL is worth far less than the MLB, and that makes no sense. It's illogical. There's no way for us to sit here and justify how this had happened because the protocols that were put in place should have prevented this. It, it, it's not rocket science we're talking about here. These are very simple measures that, if followed, this shouldn't have happened. And it's a it's just a colossal failure at every level to allow this to happen. There's there's nothing I can sit here or you can sit there and say that would be like, oh, well, okay, well, there's that. We didn't really think of that. No, 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 no. This is one of those situations where it shouldn't take any thought to get this right. It's not that hard. We've seen other leagues do it successfully. WNBA, NWSL, NBA, <laughs> MLS, you name it, NHL. They've all done it. Chell- there is a it, system to follow. The, the there bubble, is a blueprint. The bubble for the, the NHL is undeniable. It's, it's all good. Who gives a shit? <laughs>
It's fucking crazy, man. It's 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 dumb. It's it's dumb. What I I feel bad for the rest of the Dodgers in this instance, especially Clayton Kershaw. Hold on, honestly, Ryan, I'm gonna cut you off. I don't really. I don't. His teammates were like, "Ah, he needs to be out here. Fuck it. What's the worst that could happen?" They didn't give a shit. I didn't see one teammate being like, "This seems like a bad idea." There was there wasn't a single teammate out there being like, "Hey, Justin, God love you. Please get the fuck away from me." Right? Clayton Kershaw is giving him hugs. Corey Seager is saying, this guy needs to be out here. This is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. Cody Ballinger is high as shit, not really <laughs> saying anything at all. Dave Roberts is like, this guy is our entire team. He needs to be out here. Your former flame, Andrew Friedman, is saying, we'll deal with it later. This needs to be a celebration. If there was a single Dodger player that said, you know, this seems not smart, then I would be a little bit more sympathetic. It seemed like every single Dodger was very okay it, with Justin Turner and, coming back. And out you know what field. my counterpoint would be if I was one of them? But then there's the easiest counterpoint to that counterpoint of all time. It's, hey, we've been bubbled up with this guy for whatever amount of time. We've been in the dugout. We've been high-fiving. We've been doing all these things. So it's likely at this point we're either going to get it, et cetera. So that would be the counterpoint. The counterpoint to that is my family is on the field. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot risk infecting them. I've been waving to I them I, 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 from a I distance don't, it, for I, weeks. I can't sit here and say what I would do in that situation. I've obviously have never been in that situation. Yeah. I don't pray to God that yeah, while I would love to win a World Series myself, yes. uh, wish I don't have to win a World Series and debate whether having a very good friend of mine celebrate with me because he has coronavirus. Um, I, it just... It, the fact that we have to have this moral quandary is real fucking ridiculous. I don't, I, for the life of me, Ryan, God, God willing, I don't, I, I have no idea. And they're talking about punishments for Turner. Baby, dude, you can't punish him. Major, he, Rob Freeman, he was, Rob, Rob Manfred was there. Yes. Like, he it's was not like Rob Manfred looking said, at him. No, like Rob Manfred personally didn't put a hand on Justin Turner's chest and told him to go back in the dugout. And so I, th- I honestly, as crazy as this sounds, I think Justin Turner is the most irresponsible human being I've ever had to way- lay eyes on. And I rooted for Matt Harvey for years. And <laughs> I say and that. Jose Reyes, I, also, so. <laughs> I also, Ryan, I don't think he could suspend him. Because at some point, it's Major League Baseball's fault that this situation even happened. So you can't blame Turner for Major League Baseball not doing shit. It's worse. At, at some point, you have to suspend Manfred. Yeah, there's it's the whole point of this, and really the the overall to bring it back to hockey for a second is I can't believe Bettman is by far, by far, maybe the second or third best commissioner in the, of the core four sports. Well, he's not fourth. He, the, the, he's he's out he's out of the doghouse. Yeah, it's over for him. He's 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 up. I think he's right below Silver right now. I really do. I really well, really because do. his only other competition is Goodell, and yes. I don't think there's anything we could ever do to put Goodell higher than third. Yep, I don't think so. So uh, Goodell does a good job making money for the NFL. It's good for him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, an unbelievable situation. So let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk uh, a little bit of Larry Brooks article, a little bit of a. Uh, pitching stuff from the World Series and then a little bit of sadness about watching the World Series. So uh, one second, we'll be right back. Transition. And we're back. Okay. What a first 15 minutes of this show. Fired up. <laughs> Just, 
it's one of the it's one of the few i went to bed so angry last night i couldn't go to sleep not even i was, I, was mystified, I think is the right word to use it was weird because okay uh a lot of people were surprised i was a Rays fan i don't really talk about it it's not something i talk about very openly on the show etc but you've known me for a long time um and i've i've been on that that train forever uh to watch my team lose the world series in like somewhat of a heartbreaking fashion, if I'm being honest, between the Snell stuff and uh, Adamus and Low and Lau, sorry Lau, and some others just going down swinging, um, just and Low, yeah, and 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 Nate Low not being on the uh, uh, on the actual roster itself. Anyway, um, I'm I'm getting out of my point here. To have that all happen and to be like this sadness, uh, a feeling I haven't felt since the 2014, you know, failure. Uh, of not winning the cup against the Los Angeles Kings. It was like this solemn, terrible feeling in my pit. It's like, I don't know if I'm getting back here. Like, it's so hard to get here. Like, as a sports fan, why do I even do this? What's it even worth? And then to have all those feelings, and then all of a sudden it just be like, oh, you can't think about that anymore. Here's Justin Turner. <laughs> it was like a really strange night for me just to go from, like, solemn and sad to mystified and confused as to how this even happened. Just a weird transition. Not sure how to feel about it. Yeah, I uh, the narrative immediately flipped in a way that I don't think anyone could have prepared for. I will say this: I'm not here to compare miseries. All I'm going to say is, yes, at least you weren't in the building. You did a great job. I gotta last tell you, night. Ryan, it's worse. Yeah, being there in the building, I can only imagine. I yeah. Don't want to feel that. I'm sure. At least you weren't you weren't there in the building for just another crippling loss, and then you were able to sleep in your own bed as opposed to on the floor of JFK. So, <laughs> all right, I you win, you win. Uh, I'm uh, I'm on lockdown here still, so I couldn't leave anyway. Um, it, all good. I don't. I, you couldn't pay me to sleep on the floor of JFK right now. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't know. Actually, could I? Could I pay you? That's a fun. There's game. a. There's a. There's a. You know what? There is a dollar amount high enough. You can't afford it though. Th- that's a fact. That is a fact. I'm poor. All right. Um. One thing I want to get to real quick. Rager news. This is, this is a Rager podcast. Very brief. What? I know. Are you sure? I thought Texas we did a good Rangers, job relating right? to the hockey in the first. And it was the most topical thing we got. Um. Larry. The World put, Series was played in the Texas Rangers stadium. There, so there's our Ranger plug of the day. <laughs> can't beat that. Uh. Nope. Larry Brooks came out with an article today I thought was interesting. Had two little points. I, three three points I thought were worth worthwhile. The I, I saw you tweet about this, but the playing the game with Ryan Strom of letting him go to arbitration, giving him their number, and then letting him go out to test the field and see if he comes back for their number. That's interesting, and that would be great content for the show. I'm not sure I exactly want that to happen, though. It's tough because it would be... It, your core principle, if people have listened to the show long value. enough, I need they, sh- they should know that there is one Ryan Mead core principle that transcends everything and everything. It's uh, getting value back for players. Flat out. It's the Rays way. You trade them two years early. That's all right. I do. So it, if, if you guys have been with the show long enough, you've heard Ryan's 17 rants about Keith Yandel. Yep. Um, you, you've heard it. It's happened. Ryan doesn't believe in letting guys walk for free, which is valid. Like you said, it is the Tampa Bay Rays way. It's how you land the team that you land that gets you within two wins of a World Series title. Correct. Um, this one is super interesting, though. It, it's I agree with you. You shouldn't just let Ryan Strom walk, but it's almost it's almost like a really calculated game of chicken because you look at you look at the free agent market right now. 
and you look at what the free agent market has been this entire offseason, guys just aren't getting paid. There's you're the only people that have been paid. Josh Anderson got paid. Uh, Max Domi got paid below the number we thought and on a super short term deal. Taylor Hall got paid on a one year deal. Tory Crew got paid. Alex Petrangelo got paid. Outside of that, it's kind of just a whole. Some of the goalies got Duclair's paid. Duclair's still out there. Unbelievable. Duclair's still out there. Matt Hoffman's still out. Is it Matt? Is Matt the BMX guy? I think Matt Hoffman is the uh, the, uh, the the winger. Yes, Matt. Ho- no, no, Matt Hoffman is the cyclist. Uh, Florida Panthers Hoffman is what I'm putting into Google right now. We're okay. gonna, Mike. Mike Hoffman. I was about to say. I think it's Mike. Yeah. Matt Hoffman. Yeah, it's uh, Mike. BMX. Yeah, I believe he passed away. Yes, yes, he's he's a jackass guy. Yes, correct. He's still, um, he's still alive. Mike actually, Ho- I'm talking. I'm thinking of someone. Yes, I'm thinking is. of Dave Mira. I'm sorry. Yeah, R.I.P. Former host of the Challenge, Dave Mira. Is that true? Wow. Yeah, he hosted a season or two huh. before okay. T.J. Um, where were anyway? You? No one's getting paid. That 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 that's what that was all about. So you're basically, if you're the Rangers, right? We think Strom's going to go in there and probably ask. From what we've been able to gather, somewhere in the five and a half range, right? Which get, get, points try to wise, get the Kevin Hayes bag. Points wise, he's earned that dollar amount. Right. In a normal off season, we would expect that. Wouldn't even blink. the The Rangers are going to come in low. They're going to probably say four, maybe four point four twenty five, maybe. Uh the way we've seen that we've we've done this song and dance before, we know that. NHL arbitration is kind of like a made-up game. It's not like baseball where two numbers are submitted and an arbiter decides one of the two numbers. It's like the arbiter gets to decide the number in this. So say say the arbiter decides high, which he might because Strom has the numbers to back it up. The Rangers are basically making the bet that their number at, say, 4.25 is going to be close enough to any number, any other team would even think about offering Strom, that Strom's just going to come crawling back after four days. But I will say, that also quashes any chance Ryan Strom would stay here long-term. Oh, like big time. You play you play that game, you understand that that is a one-year relationship, and Strom is getting the fuck out and he as is, soon as he And can. you are trading about the deadline pretty much no matter what your situation. You could, you could be like 10 games above 500, you're trading Ryan Strom. No matter yeah, what. and we, we should also say that we're trying to think of this from a scenario where no other team wants to offer Ryan Strom money. It's probably more likely that no other team will just offer Ryan Strom money because they, you know, wouldn't want the Rangers to do this to them if they were in a Good old situation. boys club. There you go. It's so stupid. I hate the <laughs> NHL. The fact that, like, we haven't seen any offer sheets. None. Sorelli, Sergachev, Barzal, oh all these guys are God. still just lingering out there. We haven't seen shit. And it's just like, well, we can't do anything because we wouldn't want those teams to come back to us. You don't want to piss off Lou Lamorello or Jonathan Breezeball. Be careful. Shut the fuck up. You all suck. Every single one of you sucks. So do I think another NHL team would offer Ryan Strom $5 million on a one-year deal? Hell no. And that's mostly just based on what we've been able to see from this free agent market. Do I think Ryan Strom is going to come back a happy camper after his four days in purgatory without a contract, knowing that no other NHL team feels like paying him? Hell no. Do I think the Rangers are then going to immediately try to trade him? Hell yes. Do I think they'll have any success? Hell no. It's <laughs> fucking weird. I'm just happy this situation is going to happen. 
because I've been dying for something to talk about. I want this to happen so that we can focus on it for a solid week. And then we'll go back to not having anything to talk about. Yeah, until we figure out when the NHL season is going to happen, which looks like. Do you really think? Do you really think if he goes to free agency, someone would actually sign him? No, I really don't. Gun to my head moment right now, I'd be like, no way. Uh, I think people really like Ryan Strom. He's a good personality character. Obviously, his game has improved tremendously. Has good draft pedigree, which somehow matters in the NHL. Um, And in this situation, with all the cap structure we have out there that no one really has any money no one wants to spend any money all these internal cap revenues too i don't see anybody going like you know what we need right now ryan strome that's who we're going to sporage for i am still i'm still convinced ryan Mm -hmm. my my theory i think holds more water today more than any other day i think no team wants to trade for ryan strome until he has a price tag nobody wants to acquire ryan strome thinking oh shit we might have to pay this guy five million dollars or until the rangers want to retain money Right, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, whatever the price tag comes in at, whatever the Rangers and Strom settle on, then I think teams will be like, hey, man, you want to eat 50% of that, and then we'll give you something for Ryan Strom here? I don't I don't think you can move Ryan Strom until that question's been answered. And I think it's very clear that this is what's happening. Yeah, it, it, incredibly clear. The other two points um, from the Brooksy article I thought were at least worth bringing up is he had some insane number for Brendan Lemieux. What was it, like $2 million? Uh, to 2.5. Yeah, he, thinks, he thinks Lemieux is going to get around two. I am surprised at that, and I don't feel like that's the number that will actually happen. Um, I think we're going to end up around the 1.5 number. Uh, Lemieux had like 18 points last year or something like that, right? It wasn't. It was, it's not like he was a great offensive Lemieux, player. Lemieux is a fourth. Lemieux is a fourth line player that does two things. He pisses other people off. Draws penalties. And he draws penalties. Yep. That that's it. At the same time, the fact that he can draw an insane amount of penalties is kind of valuable for a fourth line player. But Brendan Lemieux has some value for the New York Rangers. It's just never going to be anything the New York Rangers should be paying for. Lemieux is in my opinion, what your new age fourth line player should be. If he's not going to be super good at defense, he needs to be super good at one thing specifically that could generate offense and Lemieux's ability to draw a penalty gets the Rangers power play opportunities. So, According to uh, our good friend, Charting Hockey, um, he's not great at literally anything except for p- uh, penalty differential, which we just talked about, and yep. shot, shot blocking is another strength of his. So that's something you need to do on the fourth line? You could do it. That's that's For me, that's worth $1.5 million of Brent Lemieux. Um, as we go above that, especially in this cap era, I don't really see the value. So I hope, uh, I hope the arbitration goes well for Brendan, and then... Uh, We'll see. I, it's going to be strange. As as we talked about with Hockey Stat Miner, the Rangers will probably give him two years because he's – I mean, the, they could just do this dance again next year, but I think they'd rather just lock in the two years and then use him as expansion draft fodder. Yeah, and I I do believe Howden's going to end up being the player that gets picked when that – Can't convince me otherwise right now, right? That does – do Nope, can't do it. I've If anybody writes in a five-star question who's going to get taken in the Seattle expansion, it's Brett Howden until convinced otherwise. But he um, is a man rocket, and, and he, he can, can definitely get it. Get it. Absolutely. Um, do we want to get into any of the other things that we want to talk about today? Clayton Kershaw is Henrik Lundqvist, but not really. Um, because Henrik Lundqvist actually performed in the playoffs. Saw a big thread on baseball about that where I was like, I don't think so. Henrik Lundqvist was a monster in the playoffs for many, 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 many years. Um, and Clayton He's, Kershaw had, Henrik Lundqvist is like Mr. Game 7. Yeah, and uh, Clayton Kershaw was Mr. Self-Explosion until this year. So I don't think right. that's really a they're, comparison. They're similar in terms of they're both future Hall of Famers that needed to get theirs. They're different in terms of Clayton Kershaw has been on some really special Dodgers teams. And 
more times than not, it's been Clayton Kershaw that's kept the Dodgers from winning. So, like, it's just very – like, Henrik Lundqvist was never the reason the New York Rangers didn't win. Always been New York Rangers didn't win. It's the polar opposite. Um, Kershaw – to Kershaw's credit, I don't think Kershaw has been, like, as bad as the myth has become. There have been plenty of times where Clayton Kershaw was solid in the postseason, but he wasn't spectacular. Um no, I, I'm happy for Kershaw. Good for him. Yeah. Just wish he didn't hug Justin Turner after the game. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, with his kid in his arms. <laughs> like, it's not asking for too much. I do uh, – I did want to mention one more thing from the Brooks article. Okay. I just wanted to point out that always good to see that Brooks is annoyed by something that I'm also annoyed by, which is the Rangers didn't want to bring in – he said they didn't bring in – he's a little mystified they haven't brought in any Finnish player – I'm always just going to be upset that they didn't bring in Miko Koivu. Yeah, that's made a whole lot of sense. I feel like that's who he's talking about. I tried to press him on that on Twitter, and he didn't respond. Surprise. Oh, Brooksy. Yeah, I just Shaq. The, the whole reason the Rangers didn't sign a someone to be their third line center is because they can't get rid of Ryan Strom. So there's a chance that the Rangers didn't want to sign a player that they couldn't play because they can't move Ryan Strom. See, I feel like Brooksy knew something there and like was trying to get it out, but didn't want to talk about it. Because I, I that was he, I think I think Brooksy knows that the Rangers wanted to sign a veteran third line center, but again they haven't been able to move Ryan Strom. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do. It's probably that's that's probably it. I, I just it just felt so random at the end of the article. It was like all arbitration, and at the end he's like, "Hey, how come we haven't brought a Finnish player to chill with Kaku? Isn't that weird?" And I was like, "Well, this is you're sitting on something here, Larry. Let's not lie to ourselves." Yes. Yeah. Uh, the thing I did want to talk to you about mm-hmm. the Snell thing. Blake Snell. Yeah. Yeah. Blake Snell. Final topic for tonight. It's gonna be you. You obviously didn't want to take him out, right? I'm assuming. Okay. Let me put it this way. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. When we talked about this, we talked about this. When we talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you said, hey, Charlie Morton got taken out game seven, six, six pitches. You have a problem with that? I said, absolutely not. No problem whatsoever. I think it's the right move. And it's not mm-hmm. like Morton was blowing anybody away that night. I thought he was good, but he wasn't like absolutely dominant. Blake Stout was on another level. But here's my actual issue. If you're going to take Blake Snell out for letting up a, a blooper to Austin Barnes in that case, you have to have someone that hasn't let up a run in five past games come in to relieve him. I know Nick Anderson was your guy, but Gregory, we watched that series against the Astros where Nick Anderson loaded the bases on like, what, 12 straight pitches of, ball, of straight balls? Like his Steve playoff, Blackett. yeah, his playoff performance was not great. If, if it's going to be that guy, you like, and you're going to follow, quote-unquote, the analytics. And I know they don't like to let Blake go through the third time. They don't like to let anybody see the third time to go through. You have to also realize that Mookie Betts had one of the lowest, the lowest slugging percentages against lefties that year in the MLB. This year, rather. And to have that, to know you know the numbers. They're right in front of you. And Seager's coming up after, and he's the lefty, too. Almost always, I would agree with Cash. But Blake Snell was on another level that night. And I don't think in my heart, like when he came out, I was like, no, please do not do this. And they did. And then that's what happened. I know what you're going to say. You need to score runs. And the team was absolutely pitiful with non-competitive at-bats almost most of the night. The only shot they had to win was with Blake Snell. And uh, that didn't happen. Uh, I didn't believe you for a second about Mookie's numbers against left-handed pitchers this year. Yeah. Uh, his triple slash in 55 regular season at bats against lefties. Not a whole lot. Yep. So this is the tiniest of tiny sample sizes. Still this year, though. Uh, uh, 200, 313, 218 slugging. Percent. 218 slugging, Greg. He had one double of his 11 hits. It was his only extra base. You have to let Snell pitch to him. I will say this. Okay. I 
I, I agree. I, I'm going to cop out a little bit and say I agree with both sides of this argument. What? <laughs> I, I do. I, okay. I, th- I don't think Cash is as wrong as people are making uh, him out to be. I, I, I agree with I, you there. I, can, I will say this. Me personally, if it was my decision, I'm probably allowing Blake Snell to give up a two-run homer to Mookie Betts and just say, that's my guy. He's cruising. If he gets beat here, he gets beat here. Uh, at the same time, like was the situation with the Charlie Morton incident. And I go back to that. I'm happy you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Cash would have let Morton go as deep into that game as Morton could have gone as long as Morton wasn't facing the tying run. So if Morton got out of that inning, I am convinced that Morton gets to start the next inning. And I'm convinced Morton gets to go until the tying run comes to the plate. Um the Rays didn't lose yesterday because they pulled Blake Snell early. The Rays lost yesterday because you scored one fucking run. You can't specifically I know that you scored one run in the first two innings when you sent eleven men to the plate. It was and the only pathetic. run you scored was on a solo homer by Randy Arena, uh, who, by the way, struck down. out in the biggest situation in the ballgame for the Rays. Not only that, um had a, outside of his first at bat was pretty non-competitive for the rest of the game. Like had yeah. had a three strike, had a three pitch strikeout. Like had a pop up on and the first pitch, like brutal stuff. I'm not I'm not here to give John Smoltz cr- credit because that guy I think is dumb as doorknobs. Man, John Smoltz but, is hard to listen to. I got to tell you, he was openly rooting for the Dodgers all night, and I know that's yeah, Joe, Joe Buck he, syndrome, but that was terrible. He had a good point. Arena sucked with men on base, ten home runs and fourteen RBI. Yeah, are you kidding me? I know that's. That's almost unfathomable. I know. Yeah, and look, look, I got to tell you, Kevin Cash doesn't think about taking Blake Snell out of that game in that situation if the score isn't 1-0. If it's 3-0, there's no way he gets out. If it's 3-0, there's no chance. Snell's going as long as he has to go if it's 3-0. It's a 1-0 ball game. The best hitter on the Dodgers is coming up. Yes, he struggled against left-handed pitchers this year, but this is a one-year blip. Mookie Betts has a longer track record than those 55 at-bats against left-handed pitchers. Yeah, Mookie Betts is Should a, he have a not legend. brought in Nick Anderson? Probably not. Anderson's been slumping this entire postseason. We've seen it. It seems like the moment is too big for Anderson right now. But I, I look, if you feel like this is – Mookie has seen him twice. Mookie's one of the smartest hitters in baseball. You need to bring in something different to try to get Mookie out. I'm fine with it. I'm only fine with it because your offense has failed Blake Snell. Like, it's that simple. The race, people can go back. It, it, to me, it's almost similar to Met fans that blame Carlos Beltran for the 2006 Game 7. Like, you, you're hanging on to one moment to blame here when that's not why the Rays lost the game. No. After oh. that inning, it was after that inning, it was 2-1. to one. Okay, well, the, like, the game wasn't over. The Rays also um, had two Beltran moments in that game, in case you were wondering. So... Pretty brutal. Yeah, Arena. I the game to well, me the at, game was lost in the second inning. Yeah, I agree. When you, you. Ha- when you have the Kiermaier double, and you have a man on second with less than one out, and you don't score, and then you still get Arena up with two men on. I know against a fresh reliever, and three who, pitches. Who the who the fuck is Dylan Floro? Like what? Where I don't, did this idiot come I, from? I literally looked at my wife and I was like, Dylan Floro. And she was, she doesn't know any baseball players. And she was like, what? I was like, I follow baseball like heavily. 
Like, yeah. I know way too much about baseball. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then the Dodgers bring in Alex Wood, and you made him look like fucking Clayton Kershaw. And then, and then he wasn't in anymore, and I was like, thank God, Alex Wood. They took him out. I can't believe Dave Roberts is overmanaging here, and then everyone else was just lights out, too. Lights out, because I thought, the race stink. Yeah, they were terrible. There's they no other way. Like, terrible. I, if, if you, Ryan, I, I know you're not doing this. I'm basically speaking to anybody out there. If you're using analytics and taking Blake Snell out of that game early as the reason why the Rays lost to make yourself feel better, you can do that. It doesn't change the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays scored one goddamn run. There's a reason I said, uh, the reason why I, way the, I phrased it was the only chance the Rays had to win that game was Blake Snell. That was it. There's a reason I said it that way. Because there was no, yes. to me, no other, the way they were batting, the way, the, the moment was too big for a lot of players. It was super clear. Like, the Dodgers were comfortable. They knew, like, especially Mookie Betts, like, when he hit the go-ahead home run. It's like, he's been there before. He, this is nothing for him. Which sounds crazy. It's the World Series. But the rest of the Rays, like, their at-bats were struggling. You saw players pressing like just get out there and be like i have to hit this out of the park or we're gonna lose and because of that because they didn't follow the demeanor they had all year with some timely hitting they just got clobbered and that was it for them yeah i they didn't deserve to win the series greg i'm not saying they did they played the dodgers were the better team up and down but i think they had a chance multiple chances throughout the series to win and they didn't that's where it is i just to me the only reason kevin cash is in a situation where he has to make that decision. And you can say he made the wrong one. I can't sit here and say he, he didn't. Because again, he'll, I'm sitting here saying I wouldn't tell have done you. the same thing. He'll tell you he yeah. made the wrong decision. It's not like he won't. But that doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that after that inning, it, people are making it out to be like it was nine. To, it was a two to one ball game. It was two to one. No, they had a chance. They, they, all it took was a home run from one of these players who's done it all year. And Austin Meadows, literally a ghost of himself. Brennan Lau, just hit had three hits all the whole time. Adamas was hitting a buck fifty. Yeah. G, everybody's favorite G-Man Choi wasn't getting any hits. The no. only guys that hit for the Rays were Arozarena, who couldn't hit with runners and in Kevin Kiermeyer. That's it. And Kevin Kiermeyer. That's it. Future met great. Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's that great. man is beautiful, by the way. Great. He, Kevin Kiermeyer could look me dead in the eyes and be like, "Hey, man, I'm into guys." I'd be like, "Dude, so am I. <laughs> not, a, not a problem at all. Not a, not a problem. I'm there, right, right yeah, there with you, I, Kevin. I, he's." I have a list of one where if a guy told me that he's interested, I'd also be interested. It's Kevin Kiermaier. I have a that man. Two that man just oh I my god. Lovely too. But yes, it's also he's very cute with his kid and his family. It's adorable. He um, just seems like a great dude. I know. Everything I hate about him. I hate it. It's so nice. You hate it? Why do you hate it? Because someone that beautiful should it be that great? It's hard. That's just the way it is with Hank and his wrench. What do you What do you think Kiermaier's <laughs> one flaw is? He doesn't eat enough vegetables or something? No. It's got to be something else. Uh, it's he can't. Well, he. I was gonna say he can't bat usually, but he bat in the series, so I don't know. Crushed. He hit like three fifty. Yeah, seventy. Insane. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. But um, <laughs> this has been really sad. <laughs> I've had a lovely. Time. I had a good time too. All right, we'll be back next week with the board BSB uh, for the flagship show, and then uh, we're we can halfway from our five year anniversary. Hooray! All right, talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. It's time to expect more from urgent care, like caregivers who take time to listen, smooth access to local specialty care if you need it, virtual visits and save your spot convenience, plus easy access community locations. And we're open 365 days a year to treat your sprains, cuts, fever, and flu. Northwell Health Go Health Urgent Care. Get more than you expect and exactly what you need. Welcome to a new era in urgent care.